0: Today, according to the BBC, there are currently around 3 to 4 million podcasts internationally, but just over half of those have more than 3 episodes, with only 720,000 podcasts comprising more than 10 episodes, end quote. Well, not to brag, but the podcast you are listening to has 70 episodes and is today 2 years old. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you, just not today. Today, we take a behind-the-scenes look at the world's number one podcast dedicated to Christian book reviews. And I dare to say this because I don't know of any other podcast that is still running that is dedicated to Christian book reviews. But if you know of any, please let me know. I still remember the first year of podcasting. It was like jumping off a cliff. Exhilarating, scary, fun. I juggled with web hosting, podcast hosting, microphones, headphones, figuring out a a workflow that worked and flowed with my already busy, busy, busy life. Now that I've passed the second year, 70 episodes in, the feeling is different. It's like how the first year of romance drives boys and girls crazy, that puppy love thing. It's um, when the first year goes to the second year that the relationship is challenged. Now, this podcast, Reading and Readers, is it a COVID-induced fling or is it a long-term, even lifelong serving of uh, listeners like yourself? I've uh, lasted two years and still going strong. I still love to read and I still love to share what I read. So I think these two things uh, will help me uh, make this podcast a longer term thing. I've even got an idea for a special 100th episode. Okay, I'm at episode 70, but I'm really thinking of episode 100. And there is this special personal book that I have in mind. And I can't wait to review it for that special episode 100. My only fear is that my review doesn't do the book justice. It's just so good. So I really like this book very, very much. It has made such a great impact on me. And I just want to save it for a special occasion. Just like fine wine. So... At the pace I'm going, the 100th episode will be in 2024. So that's not too long, but uh, let's uh, pace myself and make sure that I get there. I don't want to say anything beyond the 100th episode, but I am. I just want to uh, reiterate, just want to repeat that I still love what I'm doing in Reading and Readers, and I hope that you will continue uh, for the ride, at least maybe until episode 100. (laughs) Now for today... For today's uh, special episode, uh, I'll be doing something simple. I'll read a portion of Proverbs chapter 2. Then I will use what I just read to reflect on podcasts and book reviews. What better way to celebrate the podcast's second anniversary than to do a reading first, followed by thoughts from the reader. The podcast is, after all, named Reading, and readers. Before I begin, a trigger warning. If you are one of those poor souls who throws a fit whenever someone takes a passage of scripture and starts talking about it or applying it without first explaining what it's about, then be warned. Uh, I'm not, in this episode, uh, expounding or preaching or even teaching here, so I don't intend to connect the dots. I think that what I'm sharing is pretty How do I say this? It's uh, pretty aligned with what the scripture is saying, but I will not show all my workings. This is going to be a devotional reflection, which I still think is true to the meaning of scripture. And I think this is a perfectly acceptable, healthy way to grow as a Christian, which is uh, we want to read scripture, understand what it means to the original audience, yes, and then. Uh, Importantly, uh, we also want to ponder how Scripture, uh, the Scripture we just read, how does it relate to work, family, ministry, even things like technology, society, all things in all creation, including a humble podcast where I review Christian books for you. So I believe Scripture has things to teach us in every aspect of our life, Every part of our life, all of creation belongs to God. So that is the approach, that's the thinking that I go with uh, for today's episode. So let us open the good book. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, guarding the paths of justice, and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness, and justice, and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Now that's from uh, Proverbs two verse one to fifteen, and clearly the passage is about God's word, entirely about God's words and God's commandments. And there are conditions that come uh, with rewards. If you do this, then you will gain that. And uh, one of the things you will gain is you will know every good path. So uh, the passage asks us to pay attention because it is God who gives knowledge and wisdom. So we praise God, we thank God, we bless His holy name. And uh, we are also told to be careful. Beware of falling in with uh, evil people for their paths are crooked. So, after hearing this, let's imagine that a man calls out, I am a one-book man. I only read the Bible because that is all a person needs to be wise. Now, is that true? Then he quotes scripture in support. In the final chapter, final sections of Ecclesiastes, Uh, Chapter 12, verse 11 to 12, it reads, The words of the wise are like goats, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. End quote. Let me just repeat the last sentence. My son, beware of anything beyond these, of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Now, that sounds like a close and uh, open and shut case, right? I mean, obviously over here, Ecclesiastes, the teacher is saying that uh, books will, there will always be many, many books, but beware of anything beyond uh, what God has given, the wisdom that God has put together. So, sounds like it's good to be a one-book man. Sounds like the guy was right. Except that I think that it is false piety. It sounds praiseworthy to say that no book except for the Bible, but that I think is contrary to what the Christian life should be. But how can we, or I, reconcile Proverbs 2, Ecclesiastes 12 with Reading and Readers, the podcast and its goals. And for that, I'd like to invite a dear old friend to speak on this issue. And uh, he is Charles Spurgeon. Let me read from his lectures to my students. He has this chapter on commentaries. and But what he says on commentaries, I will later extend to all Christian books. But let's first hear from Charles Spurgeon on commentaries. I quote, in order to be able to expound the scriptures, and as an aid to your pulpit studies, you will need to be familiar with the commentators, a glorious army, let me tell you, whose acquaintance will be your delight and profit. Of course, you are not such wise acres as to think, I think this means wise men or wise guys, as to think or say that you can expound scripture without assistance from the works of divines and learned men who have labored before you in the field of exposition. If you are of that opinion, pray remain so, for you're not worth the trouble of conversion, and like a little coterie who think with you would resent the attempt as an insult to your infallibility, infallibility. <clears throat> it seems odd that certain men who talk so much of what the Holy Spirit reveals to themselves should think so little of what He has revealed to others. My chat this afternoon is not for these great originals, but for you who are content. learn of holy men, taught of God and mighty in the scriptures. It has been the fashion of late years to speak against the use of commentaries. If there were any fear that the expositions of Matthew, Henry, Gill, Scott and others would be exalted into Christian targums, we would join the chorus of objectors. But the existence or approach of such a danger, we do not suspect. The temptations of our times lie rather in empty pretensions to novelty of sentiment than in a slavish following of accepted guides. A respectable acquaintance with the opinions of the giants of the past might have saved many an erratic thinker from wild interpretations and outrageous inferences. Usually we have found the despisers of commentaries to be men who have no sort of acquaintance with them. In their case, it is the opposite of familiarity which has bred contempt." End quote. So that was Spurgeon. Not sure whether he got all that. and um, But I do enjoy reading. I do enjoy even just, not just reading, but also reading aloud what uh, Spurgeon says. He has this sense of humor that is infused in what he writes and uh, some level of sarcasm, um, which uh, I'm not sure whether we can detect, uh, uh, comes across when I, I read it out loud. But I do enjoy uh, Spurgeon very, very much. And uh, let me just uh, point out that he said that commentators are a glorious army. They are people who have labored before all of us in the field of exposition. And the problem, I take note, the problem in Spurgeon's time, uh, which is more than 100 years ago, was that people tended to follow, they tended to follow, uh, what was it he said? Uh, They tended to follow the empty pretensions of novelty of sentiment. So they want to follow... Um, new things and rather than accepted guides. So as I was reading this, I was thinking That's, that sounds so applicable to what we are facing even today. People seem to still chase after new things rather than go back to read uh, what scripture has been proven through so many uh, centuries and millennia. Uh, let me just uh, read a bit more, just a little bit more. Uh, from uh, Spurgeon, so I skip a bit uh, to uh, another part of that same chapter. Um, Spurgeon writes, I quote, Who would deny the preeminent value of such expositions as those of Calvin, Ness, Henry, Trap, Poole, and Bengal, which are as deep as they are broad? And yet further, who can pretend to biblical learning who has not made himself familiar with the great writers who spent a life in explaining some one sacred book? Chorale on Job will not exhaust the patience of a student who loves every letter of the word, even callings with his 909 pages upon one chapter of the song will not be too full for the preacher's use, nor will Manton's long meter edition of the 119th sound be too profuse. No stranger could imagine the vast amount of real learning to be found in old commentaries like the following, Durham. On Solomon's Song, Wilcox on Psalms and Proverbs, German on Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, Greenhill on Ezekiel, Burroughs on Jose, Ainsworth on the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, uh, King on Jonah, uh, Hutchison on John, Peter Mutter on Romans, etc., and in Willard, Sibs, Bain, Elton, Byfield, Dale, Adams, Taylor, Barlow, Goodwin, and others on the various epistles. Now that is a long list of names that we don't recognize. Now, before I talk about that, uh, listen uh, to what uh, this Spurgeon is saying, and he's saying something that I truly believe, that, which is that how privileged we are that there are top minds, uh, spiritual giants who have given a life to study, in some cases, one book. How privileged we are that we are able to tap onto that lifetime of learning and to grow deeper in our own uh, understanding of uh, scripture. And um, I doubt, but maybe you are uh, more well-read than I am, I doubt that many of us recognize the illustrious authors that Spurgeon just casually throws about. Uh, I recognize some names, but definitely the majority I do not. And um, that's because God has blessed not just uh, one generation with gifted uh, thinkers and writers, God, uh, praise be to his name, has seen fit to bless every generation with gifted writers and thinkers to equip the church in its own time and setting. We have uh, Dale Ralph Davis, we have Walter C. Kaiser Jr., D.A. Carson, just to name a few of the authors that I have read and reviewed in this uh, podcast. So to the one book man, I say to him, are you also a one friend man? Do you also claim that you only need one friend in this world, and that one friend, his name is Jesus? Well, Jesus calls his disciples, plural, his friends, and we sing, for many Christians, we sing what a friend we have in Jesus. So, Jesus has many friends, and so do we. But only one friend, for us, has authority over us, and that is Jesus, and uh, similarly if i can say we can have many books but only one book has authority over us and that is the bible so maybe this understanding would help us reconcile the the point that the teacher in ecclesiastes was making about the making of many books the problem is not the making of many books the problem could be that we are searching for something that has already been revealed we are searching for wisdom that God has already given. And uh, therefore, why weary ourselves out trying to discover wisdom when it has already been given and revealed to us? Now, that kind of explains uh, Ecclesiastes 12. But what about Proverbs 2, where it clearly says that wisdom and knowledge come through God's word? So if that is true and it is because it's god's word why do we need to waste time reading other books now i'm going to suggest that the making of many books within christians okay i'm not going to talk about uh, circular books and i'm not even going to define what makes a book a christian book or not i'm just going to say that the making of many books uh, uh, among christians is a physical manifestation of Proverbs 2. If we were to pile up all the Christian books, books written by believers to glorify God, that pile would tower to the heavens, demonstrating how seriously, how fervently we treasure God's word, that we would spend so much time, spill so much ink uh, to the wisdom and knowledge that ultimately stems from God. So as Spurgeon says, I paraphrase, The books that that these commentators write and the books that Christian authors write do not have authority over us, but they do offer something of great value. Faithful books are friends of the faith. And and this is not just true for commentaries or serious books. Whether it's a comic book action Bible or a funny novel of a soul-searching pastor, or a systematic analysis on the theology of the Lord of the Rings, a good Christian book in some way leads us to wisdom, righteousness, justice, equity, and to every good path. Because when a a community of believers come together, receiving and treasuring God's word and commandments, isn't it the most natural thing, having received that wisdom and knowledge, to sing it? draw it, study it, then write it and share it with fellow believers. And doesn't this holy activity deliver us from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways? So I believe that reading good books uh, actually fulfills what um, the Proverbs 2 uh, calls us to do. If you read good Christian books, it uh, spurs you to go forward, it spurs you towards the to understand the mind of Christ, and then uh, it draws you away from evil men as you fill your mind with what is good, noble, holy, worthy of praise, and so on. So as I close, as I reflect on Proverbs 2, as a reader, I read to the glory of God reading and interpreting what I read with a Christian worldview. As a podcaster, I create to the glory of God. I use the technology and the reach that God has given to the people of my generation so that I can be blessed and also be a blessing. As a book reviewer, I review books to the glory of God. And I believe... I truly believe that I serve the community of believers, whether they are uh, authors, publishers, or readers. My hope is that in some small way, my podcast can lead some of us to times of refreshing through a good book found. Now, it's only been two years, only been two years, so I hope that you will continue to join me in seeking, treasuring, and sharing the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that ultimately comes from God, but God has decided to share liberally, abundantly, uh, with much love with believers. We recognize that all knowledge and wisdom comes from God, and we enjoy sharing and talking, and encouraging one another in this uh, pursuit. So with that, I just want to say a heartfelt uh, thank you from me to all of you who listen to Reading and Readers. I do hope that the podcast and the book reviews are as profitable to you as they have been to me. God bless you. Bye-bye.